0: that Friday the 26th we've made it through most of January praise God anyway I want to tell you today that we have uh, some things for sale okay I've got these uh, what I use these for the wristbands what I use these for is to when I'm ministering to somebody I want them to remember what Jesus did for them okay so I have these bands that say seek God's kingdom I wear one and um, and I give them to the people that I minister to every day. Um, they're a dollar each. So if you got anybody wants one, just email me, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com, and then we will, um, and then we will uh, get you some. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we can do that uh, for you. So here we are. Praise God. Uh, we are in John chapter eight. And uh, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. That is how you get in touch with me. Also, um, I have a Facebook uh, the, this Facebook page I have a podcast, Tom and Sarah abounding hope. And uh, I also have a, um, uh, a YouTube channel. you can subscribe to either of those and that kind of helps out. If uh, you want to give into the ministry, um, uh, you're more than welcome to, I have cash app, Venmo, PayPal, etc. Zelle, you know, you can get them. Just email me, Tom and Sarah ministries at gmail.com. And we will tell you how to do that. I also have two books for sale. One of them is called, uh, SOS, a 50 day journey into the heart of God. It's a devotional geared to five to 10 minutes a day in, um, and what uh, what we do is that it's interactive. So there's some art things that you'll do. There's uh, writing things that you'll do. Uh, so just get those and watch what God can do. <clears throat> okay? All right, so we are in uh, John, the eighth chapter. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I find it to be um, really, really good as far as the translating is concerned from the Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek into English, okay? So we are in John chapter eight. Now remember, he just dealt with the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, so we're gonna read it. Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near a city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in in the temple courts again. And soon all the people gathered around uh, to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees, okay, so these are religious leaders of the day. Uh, Many people believe that he spent the night in the Kidron Valley. And then, so whatever he did, he went into the temple and people were, were listening to him. And then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. Now, I want you to know that religion will always do that. Religion will try to embarrass you. Religion will try to condemn you. Religion will always... Uh, How do you say it? Religion will always um, disrespect you, dishonor you, and make you feel... I mean, like, look at the couple people here. There's Jesus, who was dishonored. There is this woman, obviously, who was dishonored. Because the Pharisees and the religious leaders wanted to make a point. They didn't care about her. They don't care about Jesus they had wanted to make a point. And whenever you do that, whenever your main goal is to make a point, you'll always be able to make a point, okay? But you'll also embarrass yourself in the process because, they I mean, I'm sure that the people thought that these religious leaders and religious scholars were were right in what they were doing and trying to uh, ascertain what Jesus was doing. So let's carry on. So they threw this woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle. And, then Je- and they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command that, uh, us to stone to death a woman like this? Okay, um, understand too that, um, well, let me get into that later. Um, tell us, what do you say we should do with her? And they were only testing Jesus because they had hoped to trap him in his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. So if you go back to the law of Moses here, um Uh, you know, in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, uh, it talks about if a woman or uh, if if somebody is caught in adultery or somebody's committing adultery, you bring the man and the woman into <clears throat> uh, you. You bring both of them to be stoned. Now, my problem with this chapter, my problem with this thing, is the fact that. They only brought the woman, and if she was caught in the very act, where's the guy? All right? If Jesus wanted to defend himself, or even she wanted to defend herself, the the thing is, where is the guy? All right? But she was embarrassed. Obviously, this probably wasn't her first time. Um, I believe that she was set up, and she was set up to catch Jesus. And um, because one, there's no guy. Secondly, they didn't care about her. They just wanted to find out if Jesus was going to break the Torah or the law of Moses. Now remember, Jesus didn't come to break the law or to nullify it. But he came to fulfill the law of Moses. And the law of Moses demands bloodshed. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross. This is before the cross. Jesus shed his blood. So let's go on. But Jesus didn't answer. Instead, simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Now, this ain't the first time. You can go to Exodus 32, 38. Let let me go there real quick for you. And uh, Exodus 32, 38. Come on, load up, load up. Thank you. Let's go. There you go. <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's not Exodus 32. It's Exodus. Well, I don't have my glasses, and so it's really tough to see. Looks like it's Exodus 31:18. How about that? Exodus 31:18 So let's go to 31. <laughs> oh lord help me. Okay, Exodus 31:18 He says. Then he had made the end of speaking to him on Mount Sinai, and he gave Moses two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. <clears throat> so this isn't the first time God wrote on um, on the ground or in rock. He had done this in uh, he had done this uh, before when he was writing the tablets, and I think Jesus did this on purpose. To show that it was him that was writing um, the tablets. The other issue here is that it doesn't mention what he had written. John did not mention what Jesus wrote. Some people say um, he was writing down the people's names that brought this woman. Other people say he was writing down the Ten Commandments. Writing down the law. Okay, <clears throat> so he was writing down in the dust with his finger. Angrily, or angry, they kept insisting that he answered their question. So Jesus stood up, looked at them, and said, have a man who has never sinned uh, or had a sinful desire, throw the first stone at her. And then he bent down again, and wrote some more words in the dust. I believe here that maybe next to their names he was writing down something that they had committed. We don't know what he wrote down. Maybe he was just doodling, like he didn't care. He didn't care what they were saying. And sometimes we have to do that, people. We have to be able to stick to the point. That's why I like Ben Shapiro so much, because when Ben is debating, he never goes on these rabbit trails with the people that he's talking to, or when he's in these meetings at schools. He never um, talks to the... He never goes on the rabbit trails that people want to take him on. He sticks to the point. And that is the good thing for a debater. Okay? Now, upon, <clears throat> upon uh, hearing that, her accuser slowly left the crowd... One at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Okay, so you're looking at these people. They left, the oldest to the youngest. The oldest left because they knew they weren't going to get anywhere. The youngest left, they're prideful. I noticed that younger people think, that, uh, you know, think that they can get away with stuff more. And it's not just the millennials. It's even back when I was a kid, I thought that way. Until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there in front of him. So here's this woman. Now, I want you to think for a second what her posture would be. What is this posture that she would be in in front of Jesus, the the pure one, the sinless one? If anybody could have thrown a stone at her, it was Jesus. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, says that when we sin or if we sin, we have a defense attorney, Jesus. And so Jesus is her defense attorney here. When you have a really good defense attorney, the prosecution just stops. I mean, assuming. Now, Jesus knew she was guilty. But Jesus was more interested in her life than he was interested in uh, the fairy tale that these religious leaders were bringing him. They weren't interested in the law of Moses. They were not interested in her redemption. They were interested in catching Jesus and Jesus didn't play. Now, I believe at this point she looks up and the Bible says she looks around and she says, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go and from now on, be free from a life of sin. The Aramaic here contains a powerful testimony from the woman. Apparently, the woman had the revelation of who Jesus really was. For she addressed Jesus with the divine name in the Aramaic. She says, Maryat, Lord, Yahweh. Kind of like a landowner. So she says to him, I see no one Yahweh. She must have had the revelation that he was God or that he is God because he's not dead yet. That he is God. She had this revelation and she went for it. She told him. And he goes, I don't condemn you either. Remember in John chapter 3, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. He didn't come into the, to the people to condemn them. He came to the people to save them. If you believe, if you're a believer, John 1.12, anyone has received Christ, he, is become, he has the right to become a child of God. He has the right. He is the, a child of God. So if you're a believer, <clears throat> you are never condemned. If you don't believe, you're condemned already. God didn't send his son to condemn the world. But Jesus didn't leave her there. Jesus says, I don't condemn you either. Go and from now on be free from your sin. The Aramaic says, neither do I put you down. I'm not going to oppress you. The Torah required two witnesses. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is um, is something established. They couldn't find two witnesses because everybody was gone. So Jesus let her go too. Neither do I put you down, nor do I oppress you. God will never oppress you. If you sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all righteousness if you confess that sin. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to do it for you. Jesus took these religious leaders who were out to get him and he put them in their place. But he did it respectfully. They were tearing him down disrespectfully. God does not want you to be destroyed. God wants you to be healthy and whole. People will try to tear you down. I've had that throughout my life. People trying to tear me down. And it's like, give me a break. You did this and you did that. God isn't interested in what you did. He bought it. On the cross, his blood paid for it, and you see Jesus here forgiving somebody in front of the Pharisees. <clears throat> and you remember, in one of the uh, one of the healings, he said, he said, um, "Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to take up your mat and walk?" But that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, that I am the Christ, and I have the power to forgive sins. I tell you, sir, get up and walk took his mat, and he walked. I don't believe he would have been healed if he didn't stand up and take his mat. But he had to stand up, take up his mat, and walk, and he did. you are going to be in situations where you desperately need to be forgiven and God will forgive you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. He forgives you of your sins and he takes away the reason why that happened as well. Do you remember those lepers that came to Jesus? And um, 10 of them, I think it's in Luke. And he was talking to them and he says, um, he he heals all 10 of them of leprosy. And he says, now go and show yourself to the priest. They go to show themselves to the priest. And one turns around before he gets there, comes back and thanks Jesus. And the Bible says that he was um, healed Body, soul, and spirit. God wants to heal you, body, soul, and spirit. Now, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 61. Are you going to go with, there with me? <clears throat> Isaiah 61, verse 7. Isaiah 61, 7. Maybe I should have these verses open. I don't know. He says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy will be theirs. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. This woman was full of shame, but Jesus gave her double honor. He forgave her. He didn't condemn her. And then he gave her a commission to go and be free from a life of sin. I believe she did. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, <clears throat> we're trying to raise $500, four to $500 uh, a month. If you want to be a part of that, go ahead and email me, Tom and Sarah Ministries. It's my name, ministries, at gmail.com, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. Uh, I have a GoFundMe account um, that you can. We also take checks, by the way. Uh, Just email me, and I'll tell you how to do that, okay? Um, We're looking to raise $500 per month so that we can not only feed the poor, the homeless that are here, get them some food, get them some tarps and and, and sleeping bags and stuff. Um, and not to facilitate their their homelessness, but to give them encouragement in this rainy season, because um, we want them to survive. Because I believe this that um, that if there's a person alive, that God has a purpose for that person, and we wanna we wanna give them. Uh, Something other than shame, and I know there's people who play the game, but I'm talking about the real homeless, the real hurting. All right, well that's it for today. I want to say thank you for joining me. Get my two books, SOS: Fifty Day Journey into the Heart of God, from breakdown to breakthrough, my journey to soul health. Get both of them. Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, PayPal. I'm sorry, Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, or Walmart.com. You can get the books there. Just order them. They'll be delivered. there. If you get them from me, it's $20. That includes shipping. And then we'll get them out to you. That's a way that you can help financially. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tom and Sarah. Subscribe to my uh, podcast, Tom and Sarah, Abounding Hope. And and, and we can do this thing. We're coming to it. it. It's time now to step up, to rise up, and to be the people of God that God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Talk to you next time.